Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ. I'm so glad to have you walking with me today as we walk with Christ. I thank you for downloading and sharing this episode, and thank you for all of the uh, visits to my sponsors that I've been seeing and I've been hearing about. Uh, the Also, we have uh, that sponsor with the Templar Chronicles 1, New Players. That book is amazing in the fact that it, it has actually uh, messages that we need in today's world and it is fiction so it's not like it's not like a documentary or something like that but uh thank you so much for visiting those sponsors thank you for visiting true bars he's a lyricist he is in his uh, he's on his journey now to finding god or actually his path to salvation because i always say that god isn't lost and and i'm starting to kind of develop a a kind of a way against saying i found god because god wasn't lost we are so thank you all for uh visiting that sponsor and exquisite creations if you have tiktok or social media um i think she does have tiktok i don't have tiktok but i have my own reasons for that we're not going to go into it on this podcast uh, thank you so much again for listening, downloading, sharing. It's, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about God. And I just sit here behind the microphone for a couple moments every week. And we talk about this thing we call the Bible and how to apply it to every day in life. Now, so thanks for continuing this walk with me. And today we're going to walk it through the second of the three groups of kings or the first the second of three kings that were in Israel and that king is going to be David um, this was when Israel was still united it was still um, the, the ten tribes and the ten big tribes and two minor tribes is what we'll call that um, and Israel was still united and this was after Saul had did what he did and Saul took a very nasty turn right off the beginning and it it just sort of ended up in a very bad way. So the next king that we're going to talk about is David. And he was anointed king by Samuel when Saul was still king. And David was still a young man. And he was such a young man when he was anointed king that he was still vulnerable. And I, I, I kind of like the way God did this was because David at the time was basically an unknown. He wasn't, he was almost the exact opposite of what Saul was. He wasn't well, he wasn't rich. He wasn't, he he didn't have prestige. He didn't look pretty. He wasn't tall. He wasn't, he didn't have all the markers of being quote, king material when when Samuel anointed him. But there was one huge difference that David had that Saul, that God never said about Saul. And that difference was that the Lord said that David was a man after God's own heart. 
the things that, that David, that God thought about was the things that God thought about. The things that God thought And that's very important when you're talking about having an anointing. Having an anointing, anointing for as long as David, uh, David had before he was assumed king. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel 16 and 13. Remember, we have that rule, and I'm going to keep repeating that rule because of how important it is. First in uh, verse up two above or verse or two below, but preferably the whole chapter, right? So 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Daniel, oh, sorry, so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now, remember, David had a heart after God. He was, he wanted to be a part of God. And when, when Samuel anointed him, the Spirit of God came upon David. And this does not really prevent the things that David had done wrong in you know, as we go along through everything, it doesn't really change uh, David's proclivities and things like that, but it does affect how he handled his responsibility. And and what that is, is although David sinned, and because he had a desire to serve God with all his heart, he was able to repent when he was called out. If you recall, when when Saul sinned and and Samuel called him out, Samuel started. I'm sorry, Saul started making excuses. Saul sinned. Samuel called him out. Saul sort of made excuses. But when David sinned, and when Samuel came and called him out on his sin, David repented. And this was a huge difference. This is what made the difference between David and Saul. Acts 13 and 22, I have found David to be the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. What the, the difference, again, was that Saul was not a man after God's own heart, even though God anointed him and God anointed David. And this is a lesson to us right here because you see a lot of people who look like they may have an anointing of God, but they may not be after God's own heart. But God will actually anoint them, not only to give them a chance and take away their excuse of not being accepted by God, but also to be an example to us. Ah, yeah, I know. That, that's kind of a hard thing to swallow because you, you think, well, God's going to, God's just going to anoint people that he likes. God loves everybody and God is going to give everybody that 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 chance we have a we have an old saying where we give people enough rope to hang themselves and this just seems to be what God is doing here. and remember the only reason why God is even anointing kings in the first place is because he's upset that Israel rejected Samuel as their king and rejected the Lord as their king so God is sort of giving people what they want but now he's sort of saying okay now this is now we tried it your way we're going to try it my way but David had very austere and auspicious beginnings 
because remember when David was a young boy, he was almost the youngest of his uh, of his brethren. As a matter of fact, when Samuel went to go and anoint the king of Israel at Jesse's house, Jesse kept bringing out the older boys. Well, hey, how about this one? This one's good and he's strong and manly and he's masculine. And he's... No, that him. Well, look at this one. He's not quite as strong and tall and masculine, but hey, he's got a good shoulder, head on his shoulders and he's good at math. And... No, that ain't him. And this went down and down and down the line until... Um, Jesse ran out of boys or so he thought and he said well Tammy's like well I'm here to anoint somebody but God keeps saying that ain't him so you got any other sons and Jesse's like well I got this one dude <laughs> he's got, got this one guy this one kid the only thing I really trust him for is watching sheep because you know that's just who he is because let him watch he said, bring him here, because God has chosen him. And back in those days, if you were, to watch, you were the, the shepherd or you were just watching sheep, you basically did nothing all day but just kind of watch sheep walk around and kept them from getting eaten by animals. And this is where David began to shine. And he began to shine as important as watching that day. It was also kind of a, a job that wasn't regarded very well and like it's kind of like in today's society even the ceo of major companies eventually need to stop at a burger camp but yet the burger king job isn't isn't regarded as a very um, well-esteemed job but eventually everyone's got it and this is the kind of job that david was having at the time where he got an king but david had a resume that very few people had while he was watching, doing what he was supposed to do, a bear came to threaten him. David took that job so seriously, killed the lion and the bear, and he killed him without basically oh, any weapon. I mean, he wasn't walking around with a sword and a shield and armor. He basically took a rock and busted the thing in the head. And this is very important because that's going to come back our forefront when we talk about the next big challenge. So now remember now, the spirit of the Lord came up quickly destroyed these threats to this and through the passage of time, and I could talk about David twice as long as I talk about Saul, but as through the passage of time, Israel went to war, and then they went down and they saw the, that there was this army with Philistine, and in this army, there was this guy, Goliath. Now, Goliath wasn't just an aberration. Goliath was actually a family of giants, and some people believe that these that Goliath was a descendant somehow of when of something that happened between men and or women and angels. And I don't know how that worked, but I don't believe it because the flood happened between that thing got killed. But there was something going on with with Goliath's family. That's just how it was. And they were all like ridiculously huge. It was like there was this wasn't just this wasn't just, you know, a linebacker. This guy was like nine feet tall and his armor weighed a pound. His armor itself weighed a pound. He was ridiculous. He was an army by himself. And so he would walk out and he would say, hey, man, uh, I tell you what, we don't all have to fight. You just pick one guy and we fight and, and whoever wins, wins. And that army, why don't we just do that? He just went out there and it, and it wasn't, he, he didn't just say that. He started mocking. And that's where it really started to anger. And David just happened to be walking on the scene. He said, listen, I killed a, a bear and a lion. What have you guys done? 
remember this is David a little boy he had to be about 13 or 14 years old and he walked in upon the scene where this grown man Goliath mocking Israel and mocking this is chapter 7 to 11 the Philistines stood on the mountain of one side valley and they went out a champion of the Philistines height was six now a cubit is generally about so six cubits will put you at about nine and a half and the span is about what it'd be like nine and a half and he had a helmet of red coat of his sword with five thousand coat with five thousand he had legs target of shoulder let's stop right there these metals are very heavy metals so just carrying around staff and spears like a his head waved 601 bearing shield went in front of him his guy's shield was so big that someone had to carry it for him it covered their whole body and he stood in front of such a battle side. am i not your enemy friend and you serve as the sword won't you just you let him come down and fight with him kill me we will all be i win and then you shall be author of us and philistine give me a remake and when saul remember this is saul the guy who was already anointed and all the words now the problem with with uh, goliath was that not only was he mocking it mocking the power of this he was also mocking israel's faith in god because he was basically saying, am I not a Philistine? When he said, am I not a Philistine? He was already believed by the children of Israel. Or it should have been by the children of Israel. That there was nothing that could stand between them and what God had promised. And here it is, giant, this Goliath, standing between what God had promised. Now, you and I have these Goliaths all the time. Some of these Goliaths are right inside our own mind. Some of these Goliaths are, oh, I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not handsome enough, or I'm spoken enough, or my weight ain't right, or I just come from the wrong side of the tracks, my family told me that I'm not in, I haven't been anything, be anything. These are all interior Goliaths, internal Goliaths. And we also have external Goliaths, which of you know, the neighborhood that you live in, or things that you've done in the past, and how people... Have, are now looking at you a particular way these are external but these are goliaths that are still standing between you and what god has promised you and these same goliaths are telling you that no matter what they are bigger than what god has promised and so it is up to you to decide if you want to fight that goliath or stand on the other side of the valley and just be dismayed and afraid this is where you are because this is where god has brought you God has brought you, you have to face it. Every time God issues a promise to somebody, and this is true, walk through the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, people will see over and over and over, God would issue a promise, but there would be something that you have to do. And, it, and it's not necessarily earning a promise or, you know, looking like you, some spiritual greatness, being, getting through the obstacle and, and kind of leveling yourself up to be able to handle the promise that God is giving you. What are you talking about? Let's just say, let's just say God gave you everything you wanted right now at this very moment. At this very moment, everything you ever wanted. You wanted, you want a good husband, you want a good wife. Let's just say God gave them to you, gave that to you. Do you have the mental fortitude and the strength to be that good spouse? Yeah, they may be a good spouse, but are you, are you up to a level to match that level? Are you up to a level to be able to match the, the promise that God has given you? Are you ready for that? Are you able, do you want that job paying $100,000 a year? Okay, you think God has promised you that? Are you able to keep that job? It does. It makes no sense to be able to go into a problem and not be able to hold on to it, not being middle, mentally and spiritually ready to hold on. So what God will do, if this is a promise that you want, you will have to level up into that problem. And there will be these Goliaths that will 
And it's actually designed not to keep you out of the promise, but actually designed to level you up to get into the promise. And this is where David, David is still considered just a lowly shepherd. Lowly shepherd. Yeah, God anointed him. But right now, in the eyes of everyone, he's just a lowly shepherd. If he went and assumed the throne today, it would be chaos. But David had faith in God. And David knew God had anointed him. He didn't know why or what was going to happen between the anointment and now. Now, some issue. It was his Goliath. It was his time. And remember, he was just a guy working at the Burger So Samuel, 1 Samuel 7 6, David spoke to the stood by. Well, what will be done with who kills the Philistine? Or what happens to the guy who accepts God's challenge and accepts God's and goes to face the thing that is standing between him and the promise? What's going to be done to the guy that takes away this reproach from Israel? Or who is this uncircumcised Philistine by the armies of the living God? You see, David right away knew exactly all the stuff that Goliath was actually saying. It wasn't that he was defying the army. He was defying the living God. David, you're Goliath defying the promises of living God. That's how you have to look at it. And so immediately, David took this physical challenge and turned it into a spiritual battle because he knew he recognized it for what it was right off the he went right at it the way he needed to go at it. most of our spiritual our physical battles the things that appear to be physical are actually spiritual first samuel 17 45 6 david said to them you come to me with sword and fear and with the, i come to you in the name of the lord the god of the armies of israel this day will the lord deliver you and i will smite thee and take the head from give the carcasses of the host of the philistines this day to the air wild beast all the earth there is a god in israel now most people having heard this third party be like what david talking like john wick out there david talking like he walking out there like kung fu man uh, he walking out there like bruce lee swelled up you know but, but this was because god david knew he served the almighty god he knew that the same god that helped him kill a bear because bears aren't are anything to play with and, he, and the same God that helped him kill a lion is the same God that anointed him king and gave him a promise. And now it was the time to live up to that promise. There would be no king. There'd be no kingdom if David didn't step up. And, and if there's no kingdom, then what was the promise for? So sometimes we have to look at, we got to kind of look at a, things on a macro level when we're dealing with God and the promise does so that we can fully assess the, the thing that is our, our Goliath within us or the Goliath that is outside of us because again the first thing Goliath was doing while he was standing there physically he was destroying their morale their mental morale their mental toughness just standing there walking around was, was awe-inspiring and terrifying and so David went out he took all that all that the size of Goliath how heavy his armor was how big his spear was the fact that this guy's shield was bigger than most men he went out there and he said I'm coming in the name of the Lord he took out a, a rock and a sling and we all know the story he put that rock right in the forehead of Goliath so that was and it wasn't the rock that killed Goliath it wasn't the, the, the slingshot that killed Goliath it was the name of the Lord that killed Goliath. but as glorious as that was and the ascension of David, as glorious that, as that was, David was not perfect. David was not without his problems. David had his own issues that he had to deal with. And I did misspeak earlier when I said uh, Samuel. Look, you see what I mean. So after David had done a very grievous sin, and because God is who he is, 
just because David was well favored, just because David was anointed, just because David was the king of Israel does not mean that God overlooked it. Just like he's not going to overlook your sin, even if God has given you a promise and has rewarded you with a lot of things, he's not going to overlook your sin. He actually sent the prophet to expose David in his sin. And I would, in order to get the story, I, you know, it's all going to be, it's all in the word of God. It's going to be 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 7. And this time, instead of sending Samuel, he sent Nathan. Because remember now, Samuel's gone. So he sent Nathan. And Nathan went to David. And, and Nathan had this really nice story, really nice sermon about how a rich man took something that a poor man had. And the thing that the rich man took, the rich man could have gotten anywhere. But he took it from the poor man instead and and then killed the poor man. And David was really upset and did not even realize that Nathan was talking about his sin until David's anger was kindled because David's heart was right. David's heart was moral. David's heart, you know, really felt for people until he realized that he was the sin. He was the person that was sinning. And the difference between David and Nathan's relationship and, say, Saul and Samuel's relationship was that when David was confronted in his sin, about his sin, David said, oh my gosh, God, I've sinned. And immediately, immediately, even though there were some judgments that were to come because of what David had done, Nathan said to David, the Lord has put away your sin and you shall not die because when you sinned God just killed you there were some judgments that were still to come and they were very and, and it was very tragic half the stuff um, that, that was going to befall David's family uh, but David David's life was spared because he repented right and and this also, this is a very hidden lesson. And I guess a lot of people, and I miss it a few times, is that just because you repent of a sin does not mean that there may not be a judgment coming for your sin. So, and, and even this is maybe true today. You don't pay your tithes, realize you should be paying your tithes and you don't pay your tithes. And then you go, oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I forgot I didn't pay my tithes. You, this is an act of repentance and you go back and you pay your tithes that doesn't mean there's not a judgment coming for you not paying your tithes it's just the way things just the way God does things so uh, that being said thank you so much for taking your time and spending with us today walking in the Lord walking in the Bible here again my name is JJ I'm your host for this podcast walk with me like it share it download it whatever options you have on the platform that you are listening to us on. I appreciate it. I really do. Tell it to someone else. You may actually be helping them as well. Check on them. Make sure you give them your love. Give them our love because we are a family of walkers here and I really do appreciate it. Thank God for each and every one of you. I love you all. God bless you. Yeah. True.
it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread all the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason.